everyone, and welcome to the ninth annual CR Arthritis event. It happens annually. Uh, today, I'm joined by Dr. Kwok, uh, who is a resident in uh, rheumatology at the University of Toronto. And uh, his research is looking at the quality of care in gout, which he gave a presentation on earlier today. So with that, welcome, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And we're going to start off with a question. Um, can I ask, how are you involved in rheumatology, and maybe how you chose this specialty? And kind of what is your area of research or specific, specific area of interest? Yeah. So I, I was involved in rheumatology when I had the honor of participating in a CRA summer studentship during my second year of medical school. And I really liked how, you know, you have the blend of acuity, chronic disease management, developing of longitudinal relationships with patients and really immersing in the community. Um, so I carried that interest into my internal medicine residency training and um, now in, in adult rheumatology. And ultimately, you know, my clinical as well as research, research interests lie in crystal including gout, as well as quality assessment in the rheumatic diseases. Amazing. And I do agree that rheumatology is supposed to be. Um, can I ask then, in your kind of interest area in that quality development, can you speak a little bit more about kind of specific projects that you've done or what you want to examine more in depth? Yeah, so I think, you know, the disease of gout marries those two concepts very well. It's kind of nowadays a more neglected disease amongst rheumatology. And it's fascinating because um, it's one of the few diseases that has proven therapies that are cheap, readily available, relatively well tolerated. But the main issue is getting access not access to getting those treatments uh, from the patient's perspective, from the health services perspective, and continue on that treatment. So I think the area of in, uh, research is really in the health services realm, um, both with kind of educating providers as well as patients on, on gout as a disease entity and the importance of treatment. So I think that's where maybe uh, my career can, can really um, cement itself into really improving the lives of patients. Amazing. And specifically, what are some of those quality measurements that we can use to kind of understand if somebody is going through with their gout care? Mm -hmm. So we know from kind of the health services model, there's processes of cares and outcomes. Um, so within gout, the um, most heavily endorsed quality metrics were from the American College of Rheumatology, um, published by Fitzgerald's group. So they really endorse quality metrics in, in gout care. So specifically from our research perspective, we were interested in evaluating whether patients had a serum urate level monitored within six months of starting a therapy called urate-lowering therapy. And, and that is important because it helps the practitioner titrate or increase the dose of, of the drug in order to meet clinical targets. So, you know, quality metrics exist within this disease. Um, quality assessment is an emerging area, but I think down the line, you know, knowledge translation and filling that quality gap will be most important. Awesome. And for everyone, could you explain uh, what serum and then urate mean? So what, yeah. what is that measure and how do, we, how do we take it? So we know gout results when um, there's a high level of urate, which is um, metabolic product of purine is in the blood. So when it reaches a saturation points, then it crystallizes into the joints. And you know, we all know someone in our family who has gout, very painful, 
disease and recurs, recurs, and most and equally importantly is associated with other diseases like the canary in the coal mine, like heart attacks, strokes, peripheral vascular disease, disease, etc. So we know that we have drugs that decrease the level of urate in the blood, and that subsequently decreases the chances of patients having these painful attacks. And thereby, there's emerging data, not as strong, about these bad cardiovascular outcomes. So, you know, hopefully that will kind of that explains a little bit of the concepts of, of the treatment paradigm and kind of where along our research is. Yeah, and serum meaning we get a blood test for it. Exactly, yeah. Okay. And then what, so we, you talked about some of these therapies, and I, I know of a few. Um, talk us through kind of what, what is standard for, so say I come in as a patient. Mm -hmm. I, you know, present with the symptoms of pain. You diagnose me as somebody with um, the, the condition. And then what is kind of standard care or best practice for, for this treatment? And how would you follow up so that I, you ensure that I do actually adhere? Yeah. So I think there's there's two approaches in gout treatment. So one is treating a flare and the second is preventing the flare. So I, I want to make the distinction that not everyone with gout needs to be on those long-term managements. There's specific indications for those long-term therapies. So if you were having an acute flare, number one, most difficult parts clinically is actually identifying that flare because it can masquerade as other things like infection, other diseases, right? Um, the area that we're interested in are those medications to prevent further flares. So. The idea around you know, how we approach a patient is if we decide that there's an indication to start those medications, we would start at a low dose to see if the patient tolerates it and use the urate monitoring in the blood, so through blood work, to guide the titration or increase in the dosage of the medication until we meet kind of endpoints or kind of uh, treatment targets, which is a urate level in the blood below a pre-specified level that studies have shown will decrease the chance of gout attacks, etc. So it does seem like this, again, this approach that is individualized because you're measuring the patient's level yep. of blood urate, and then you're going through this process of titration, like how much of the medication are we going to give mm -hmm. so that we can bring that down to the pre-specified level. Yeah. And, you know, the vast majority of gout is treated in the primary care settings. Um, of course, rheumatologists are involved when the situation is a bit tricky in deriving the diagnosis or in managing the, the, the treatments. But I think, you know, the main message from kind of the research that we've done to date is hasn't been done to the level where we want to. And, and I think there's still a, a gap in how we treat patients. And most importantly, is thinking of ways to narrow the gap in the future. Amazing. Can I ask, what do you think, or what should be a first step in narrowing that gap of ensuring that we are following through? Yeah, so in our data, we found some disparities between especially prescribers and how they monitor urate. So uh, we see rheumatologists having, and their patients having a urate test 94% of the time, compared to family physicians peaking around high 60, low 70s. I think that amongst other factors in, in our modeling. The, the main question is, why is this happening? Um, and going kind of into the root causes of why this is happening. And I think that will be the formative stage in trying to address these deficiencies so in future projects. Awesome. With that, do you have any pieces of advice for a patient that perhaps is experiencing pain 
or they have gone to their family physician and perhaps weren't given, you know, blood work requisites. Should they start a conversation with their perhaps family care provider or ask to go uh, get a referral for a rheumatologist in this case? Yeah, I think I think um, there's two parts to this. Number one, I, I encourage patients to read upon kind of credible uh, scientific resources. So there's plenty from the American College of Rheumatology. There's networks among scout providers in, in the United States to try to educate themselves on, on this disease because ultimately it's a chronic disease and it's not all just about medications. Medications form a crucial part of it. The second part is that I think there needs to be some outreach from, from our end to per, perhaps kind of um, share our knowledge and, and the current practices with primary care providers so then they can ultimately benefit the most patients, yeah, the, the, their patients that they see in their practice. And with that, thank you to the audience. Um, and we will ask if anyone has any questions at this time to please submit them. Do you have any self-care techniques for treating gum? In terms of, you mean if someone has a flare yeah. to how to abort the therapy? Or how um, to alleviate the pain that they may be experiencing. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, the my best piece of advice is always visit your care provider because it's often very difficult, sometimes difficult to tease out between gout versus something else, particularly if this is the first episode. Um, if this is kind of a pattern of similar episodes, some providers um, do a pill-in-the-pocket approach where they give pills, whether most commonly used medications, colchicine or anti-inflammatories. Of course, you know, I advise patients to visit their, their physician because there might be contraindications to these medications. Where at the sign of the flare, they take the pill to try to abort it at the earliest onset. And secondly, I think um, adopting a healthy lifestyle as per the Canada Health Guidelines in terms of exercise, in terms of food, staying hydrated is very important because we know that gout is a harborer of other diseases such as diabetes, hypertension, uh, heart attacks, etc. All right, with that, then let's give a huge round of applause to Dr. Buck and thank you to our audience for joining us and we hope to catch you again at the CR Arthritis Fan. Bye for now.